<clears throat> from the awakened soul by Gibran. <clears throat> if you can see only what light reveals and hear only what sound announces, then truth you do not know, truth you do not see, until you see the inner light and hear the inner sound. Inspiration will always sing. Inspiration will never explain. Many a doctrine is like a window pane. We see truth through it, but it divides us from truth. Happy Father's Day. <clears throat> Where is that? Happy God the Father's Day? We don't have a holiday like that, do we? Not yet. <laughs> to start one. Happy God Day. Maybe that's what people are saying when they say good day, God day. Kind of interesting, isn't it? So happy God the Father's Day. <clears throat> You know, it is interesting. I was looking at this in meditation that, such as today on Father's Day, you know, it's a time of what? Acknowledging our fathers. And, and often in doing that, we give them a call, we give them a gift, we do something as an expression of loving and acknowledgement. And it's interesting because I go on, well, isn't that the same of what we're doing in meditation? Every time we sit down to meditate, aren't we going inside and acknowledging our Creator, if we want to call it Father or Mother or whatever, but just the divine creator. We're, we're giving that gift of loving. We're giving something in acknowledgement of what that is, who that is, and all that. And I say it that way because some of us see God in many different ways. And so we're each going to approach God in whatever way best works for us. So I don't want to limit that. So I know a lot of the times we hear mother, father, and Let's not keep it to a masculine-feminine limitation, so to speak, because it's really beyond all of that. But it's really an offering, an offering of loving. And I find it interesting, even in even times now, but even in the days past, where they used to make offerings or sacrifices, not only to God, but to different types of gods. And what is that all about, really, anyway? It's just interesting, because in making a sacrifice of some kind or an offering... What is it we're really doing in ourselves? And isn't it the same thing we're actually teaching here in ILM as far as when we go into meditation? What do we talk about? Well, it's all about loving God. But also in that loving, we often talk about those things that stand between us and God, all those things that get in the way, so to speak, all of our karmas, our issues, our processes that we're always working on ourselves to do. So as we go into meditation, all we want to do is Give that up to God to make an offering, to make a sacrifice, to sacrifice that which stands between us and the God within. So if we can do that, then we begin to clear the way. It's interesting because even in the old times when I used to do animal sacrifice, well, what are we doing in ourselves when we do meditation? Aren't we actually sacrificing the animal nature of this consciousness that we're living through, I say we, the soul, living through this physical body that is the animal nature. So we can begin to even look at these things to apply 
even how things have been done in ancient times, literally where they sacrificed an animal, but to look at it more symbolically in this day and age where we're not doing sacrifice, so to speak, in the way it used to be done. But yet we are inwardly beginning to sacrifice or let go of those attachments to the animal nature. And why are we doing that? I mean, really, why do we sacrifice these things? Why do we make these offerings other than to set ourselves free? All we want to do is begin to let go of those physical attachments, those things that would bind us to the physical or animal nature. So when we move into meditation, we are making a sacrifice. We are making an offering. Well, I like to say that part is more of the sacrifice because that's the letting go of that which would keep us focused down and out into the world. But then once we make the sacrifice and we do the letting go, well, then there's the letting God part. And that's what I like to call now the offering. So once we sacrifice that which stands between us and God, what do we have now but to offer ourselves, to offer our loving, our loving expression? So as we move into meditation, that's the next part, is now to offer up the loving, the, the loving, the acknowledgement of the divine, living, loving presence. And our connection in the Happy Father's Day is acknowledging that source from which we've come and in which we're going. And in that acknowledgement, we're opening the doors so that we can really begin to have a greater relationship, a greater communication of where we begin to live the divine presence and yet fuller ways. So it is also coming into communion, that greater truth of communion, though, where we come into union with the divine. So we can look at meditation as this simple process. I like that phrase, let go and let God. We have sacrifice and offering. All these different ways it's been taught throughout history. There's just two simple things we're doing in there. And if we can really allow and see the simplicity of this action, we can begin to experience the greater communion, the greater relationship with the loving inside. And this is what Jim and I always keep coming to in all the sharings we do here is how can we keep simplifying to really move into the greater union with God within? And that's really all this boils down to. That's it. And it's just amazing, though, how complicated it gets because of all the things we get caught up in sacrificing, because of all the rituals we think we need to do. Well, guess what? Ritual has to do with magic. So if we're trying to perform magic, we're going to do a lot of ritual. Even in the Catholic Church nowadays or in other churches, there's rituals. In a sense, is magic. Call it white magic, black magic, whatever you want to call it. In ritual, all we're trying to do is demonstrate to the animal nature that there is something beyond this physical form, something more divine, something more invisible to the physical eye. And if it's invisible to the eye, often we think of it as magic. And so we'll label it that. Magic, superstition, belief systems, habits, patterns. All these different names we give to these processes we as human beings experience. And they're all the same. Don't care what you call it. It's all the same. And it's simply the journey of life. Just the journey of life. And all the experiences the soul has come into this creation 
to have the experience of this journey. All the superstitions, all the make-believe, all the magic, all the hocus-pocus. That's all of it is. All the things we want and want to create, we're just trying to convince ourselves. Whether we use positive affirmations or hypnosis or positive thinking or programming, whatever you want to call it. All we're doing is programming, training. I don't care what kind of rituals you use or the demonstrations or whatever. What is it really doing? It's simply giving us a direction, a focus, a way to hold our attention. And in holding our attention in this repetitive action, whatever that is we choose to do, is how we begin to now direct the actual energy of creativity into what we want so we begin to create what it is we want. The soul is creative, made in the likeness of God. God the creator, the soul is the creator. And so by all these little rituals and forms and demonstrations we do, it's ways just to begin to move our creativity into expression to create the experience we're seeking, whether it's a physical experience, an emotional experience, a mental experience, an imaginative experience. It's all a movement of the soul's creativity to begin to create, to give form and structure so that we can begin to experience in this realm of creativity, this realm of reflection, this realm of time and space. So we begin to move that essence of self to give the experience we want to move into. And that's why there's so many varied forms or ways by which this can be done. I mean, think about it. All you have to do is go look at all the books out there nowadays of how to create the life you want. Tons of them, all the self-help stuff, all the metaphysical and new age stuff, all these things, whether you want to invoke your angel guides, your spirit guides, or this teacher or that teacher or God directly, how to tap into your own creativity, empower yourself, all these different things. It's all for the same reason. Just different expressions, different ways of approaching to really move into that which we are seeking to experience. And that's wonderful. That's what makes this world so entertaining, so alive, so diversified, because there is a unique expression of that same loving creativity in each and every single one of us. And all we're doing is tapping into that. All we're doing is discovering more of who we are. And it is often through our creativity and our expression that we begin to see more of who we are. Even though our expression is not who we are, it's more of who or what we're doing. But through that action, we begin to become more aware of that dynamic process through the creativity. And what's going on there? Well, there's a relationship, a relationship with the self. It is through this action of creativity into the world of reflection and our creations as they reflect back to us, we begin to awaken and begin to see more of our true identity. Even in the illusion, it begins to show us that identity of who we are as mired as it might be, because in truth, you're never going to see who you really are in the reflection. 
because that's still an illusion. It's like looking in the mirror and calling your reflection the truth. It's not. It's the mirror, your reflection. But in that mirror, you're seeing the reflection of your truth. So eventually, you want to come back to that which is being reflected, the truth of who you are, beyond the reflection. But it is through all of our creations that we can begin to see that reflection of who we are. Is this making sense, I hope? But that's also why we can get so hooked into and so caught up in our lives, in being creative and doing the physical world and having all this experience. Because in that, it's somehow fulfilling us. Because all these experiences we have, we feel somehow connected, experiencing a greater passion for life, a liveliness and a vitality. That's when we get all enthusiastic about the projects or the things that are going on in our lives. But is it really because of what's going on in our lives? Or is it because certain forms of expression reflect maybe a little more clearly the greater truth of our expression rather than others? That's why we try so many things. Look at all these books I seen earlier. We'll try all different forms of creativity, hoping to find a greater fulfillment within ourselves. In some things, we experience more fulfillment, and other things, we don't. We say, nah, that doesn't work. That's no good. But then we try this over here, and then we go, yeah, that's wonderful. But then we go, no, that's not quite it either. But then eventually, if we try all these things, we eventually discover more of our own unique expression. More of that which, in a sense, we customize to fit our own unique personality, our own unique expression or style, whatever you want to call it. This is part of the journey, is finding our flow, our purpose. We feel on purpose as we get closer and closer to our own divine expression. In this world is a world to assist us, it's a great cosmic mirror so that we can begin to see that greater truth. And we see that through this divine expression as we go about creating our life, our experience, whatever it is. But eventually we find, no matter what it is, whatever it is we create here, eventually we find we're no longer interested. Oh my God, we used to love that so much. And then one day, all of a sudden, there's just not the vitality. There's not the enthusiasm. There's not the joy that whatever that is out here used to bring us, whether it's our own project, whether it's a child, whether it's a spouse, whether it's a pet or a garden. No matter what that creative relationship is or was, there always comes a day that all of a sudden there's just not the energy anymore where we find ourselves no longer in love with whatever this is out here that we're in love with. And then we go, huh, all right, I'm over this. Simple. Simple, simple. That's how this works. Because no matter what our creation is, there comes a day where in that creation it has come to fulfillment and serving us and reflecting back to us and awakening to a part 
of our own divine expression. And once that's complete and fulfilled, it drops away. It has served us very well. And now there's a part of us that we have reclaimed because that of our own life force is what gives life to our creations out here. And once that is complete or fulfilled, then that life force that we have put into that comes back to us. And as it comes back to us is where we begin to awaken just a little more to the greater divinity within us rather than that which we've created or placed out here to reflect back to us. It's a simple journey. But do we have the eyes to see and understand how this journey through reflection works? Or do we believe the illusion as real? The only realness in the illusion is the life we give it. Because without the life we give it, it would not exist. That's the amazing thing. When you begin to awaken and really know this greater truth, you'll begin to actually see these things you've created just drop away. Not only physically, like I said, where you're no longer interested, but even inwardly. You can begin to see these things appearing so real. And as soon as you're done and pull your life essence out of it, all of a sudden that which appeared real out here just evaporates, disintegrates, dissolves. Poof, it's gone. Because no longer are you feeding it, giving it expression and life. But now you're taking that life back. And every time you bring that back, there's a part of you now that awakens yet more and more to the greater truth that is within you. Rather than what you've put out here in the reflection now comes back. This is in here. We speak of this path, the sun and light of the soul returning to the creator from which it's come. So shall it return. Well, guess what we're doing in this world? We're learning to be co-creators just as we, the soul have come out of God and are returning back. Well, guess what? We, the soul are also creating divine sparks out here, and that, which now goes out there, also returns to its creator. We're like little mini-gods, a perfect expression of the great God where we are one. It's the same thing, just in our own little mini-cosmic universe of our own creations, of all those little divine sparks we put out, just as God put us out as the divine sparks. Once that is fulfilled, the divine spark comes home. So as we return home to God through this action of loving and meditation, this path of sound and light, the same will happen in your own individual life. Of all those divine sparks of life that you've put out, they're also going to now return back to the source, back to their creator. And as that happens... Your life changes. You'll begin to see things drop away. You'll see things drop away. But be careful in that, that you don't go into sadness or depression, that grieving of a great loss, because these things do die off. They literally die. They literally die because they no longer have life in them that you've given them. 
Just as when the soul leaves the physical body, the body dies because there's no longer the true life essence giving this body expression. It is the same in our creations. As a life comes back to you, then our creations die. And there's this grieving or mourning process that takes place, the feeling of loss. So as you experience that, just remember what is really going on. That did something really die or did something come back to you giving you greater life than maybe what you had before that creation passed? So begin to recognize what's going on here as you move through these experiences in your life and as these things die off in your life, that that energy is now being released and coming back to the creator, you. That's karma fulfilled. That's lesson learned. That's journey completed, at least in that experience. You may have a lot of creations out there, a lot of karmas, a lot of lessons to fulfill, to learn. But we learn them through the loving. This is the wonderful thing. Where did I start off? Sacrifice and offering. As you begin to sacrifice the outer and offer your loving through those two simple actions, that life force begins to return to you. And in the return is the fulfillment. And the more of that that you fulfill and bring back to yourself, then that begins to rise up. Well, remember that. I'm going to refer to Jesus here for a moment. Remember that, the crucifixion. There's a part that was killed, dies off, but then what happens after that? There's an ascension. That's what's happening in the world. As these things are crucified or sacrificed or die off, then all of a sudden there's an ascension. But that which ascends is the greater truth of who you are. It's like a hot air balloon. The more hot air you put in it, the greater it lifts up. Was you the soul returned back to yourself? All of a sudden you lift up a little more. It's the same kind of process. So each time you sacrifice or crucify and let go of something in the world and that comes back to you, then it begins to lift you. And the more you do that, then in that ascension, then there's the greater turning within and up where the soul comes to the point where eventually now it begins to look back to the source from which it comes, so shall it return. Just as we have this experience in this world, the soul has this experience with God in the realm of spirit. It's an amazing, wonderful process and journey as above, so below. We've heard that. So all you have to do is look at your own life, literally, physically, mentally, emotionally. And looking at your life, you can begin to see how things work above just as they do below. It's not exactly the same, but it's a great reflection that as you pay attention, you begin to awaken and understand the dynamic of the expression of life. And so this creation can serve you. This realm of reflection can serve you on your journey to begin to observe, pay attention, look, and listen. 
and through your experience awaken to the greater divinity that you are. But it's up to you to remind yourself what's really going on. What are you learning here? What are you experiencing? And then to begin to put your experience and learning to use by beginning to apply the tools of life, the tools of living, the tools of spiritual awakening, that simple action of sitting or laying down and going within and focusing on the truth of life itself. Where is that? The seat of the soul, the spiritual eye, you the soul. As you begin to focus on that, all that I'm explaining right now will begin to awaken. You'll begin to see and perceive through your own inner experience as you give it the time, the attention, the devotion. By doing all those actions is how you'll begin to awaken and know this greater truth. And it unfolds. I want to say automatically, but only automatically as we give it the time, the attention, the devotion, that focus with the purposefulness or an intentfulness of why we're even sitting down to meditate or laying down, as I often do. What it is we're doing when we're going within. There's actually multiple things going on. But really, we're only doing one thing. We're just loving. We are loving, whether we're loving God, loving ourselves, loving others, loving creation, loving our expression, loving our reflection, loving our truth. 